show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for What's Going On, where we check in with the other shows on the Zone Sports Network. It's brought to you today by our friends at Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communication for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. All right, Gordo, you ready to ready to go? I am ready. Let's uh, start first checking in with DJ and PK. They had Steve Cleveland on this morning, and uh, the former BYU coach gave his thoughts on the first two Jazz games. So they've already played a really good game and a really bad game. Uh, do you have any sense of who they really are in the long run? Because obviously there's going to be some of these games mixed into some level throughout the course of a season. Isn't that true for the league? I mean, you look at the scores in the first week, some of just horrific scores where, you know, it's going to take a while for everybody to work themselves into it. But, I, you know, I, the thing about it is this team obviously looks, you got favors, picked him up, got themselves a little bit better by getting him. But, you know, all the players are pretty much the same. And you would have that expectation. I think Conley, you know, remember last year when Conley got in, it took him a while to, you know, to kind of get, get things going. But you would think with Conley and Mitchell and Clarkson, guys that could all score it, Bogdanovich, they've already all had some bad games and they've had a good game. We'll just kind of see how things go. You know, I mean, the Jazz were so close last year. And, my goodness, if you just follow the scores of games right now, it's like anybody can beat anybody on a given night. And when you're playing in front of no fans, people are going to get beat at home. And, and I think that's what the bubble taught everybody was that this is not this is going to be different, man. I mean, there's no home court advantage. I mean, once you play in a gym, and a lot of the games are going to be sometimes where they play two games in the same same city. You might play them on Tuesday, then play them again on Thursday or Friday. So there is, there isn't a real advantage playing at home other than the fact that it's where you practice. Uh, but I, I really like this Jazz team. I think the predictions. I mean, they were really close. They had a chance to to do something special last year, and it didn't happen. I think they seem committed. I, I mean, I don't think anything's really changed. I will say this, as I look my perspective on this, and I look at the teams that you think can win an NBA championship, and I know that's what the goal is for the Jazz, is that you, you've got to have two all-stars that can score it. I mean, you got all-star guys that can score the basketball from lots of different places on the floor, and obviously the depth and all the other things you got to have. But I think that that you know, last year we'll just go with what happened last year. You know, there was inconsistency with scoring. Guys that just kind of go away and then they come back, and 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 obviously Mitchell is 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 the all-star and Gobert's the all-star, but he's going to be a guy that scores 15 or 16 points a game because he's around the basket. He certainly protects the rim, and he can rebound it. He, you know, he's a special player. But if if the Jazz don't get to where they want to go, I think at, at some point in time, you, you take a combination of Bogdanovich and Connolly and, you know, who are all really good players in their own rights, and, and Clarkson, who I love off the bench. But it, it, and you still ask the question, if, if things don't go like they hope it will go a month from now, you, you wonder if maybe that one piece is missing still. Excuse me. There's uh, Steve Cleveland, former BYU head coach, and his thoughts on uh, on the Jazz. And, um, you know, two kind of different type games, Gordon. But, uh, you know, it, it has not changed my fundamental opinion on what to expect from this team. No, I agree. And it's such a strange start to the season that uh, – 
one game like that isn't going isn't going to change you know, the way I view it either. What would you think about what Steve said about the Jazz needing uh, perhaps another uh, All Star like scorer? Um, if it's true, I don't think they're going to solve that problem anytime soon. Um, I don't think scoring is going to be a problem with this team necessarily. I mean, far be it for me to. Uh, disagree with Steve Cleveland, and I certainly get where he's coming from. But no, I, I don't know if that's going to be the issue with this team. What if there is an issue? Do you think it is toughness? Is it defense? Is it uh, what, what would it be? Uh, specifically, on-ball wing defense, I think okay. is the biggest well, vulnerability of this. Particular that's a familiar team. frame. Right. Well, we saw a little bit of it with uh, with D'Angelo Russell with the the Timberwolves. I mean, he traded baskets with Donovan down the stretch and couldn't really they couldn't really get a stop on him. So, you know, I think those types of players, when it comes down to it, when it's my guy against your my best guy against your best defender, and uh, who's going to get a stop or who's going to get the bucket? I mean, I think that's going to be an issue for this Jazz team. Most teams are good enough in the NBA to beat the best teams uh, on occasion. Uh, what the Jazz uh, don't want to have happen is have that uh, go on game after game. And they're a team that's going to rely on the shot. And they're pretty good at it. And so why shouldn't they? But there are going to be nights when the ball is not uh, is not working their way. And there are things that they can do to make it better, be a little stronger, be tougher, you know, make uh, sharper cuts, set better screens, uh, do all those things. But... Uh, but uh, <laughs> When, when, you, when you're putting up 53-point shots or want to, there's going to be nights when uh, 20 of them aren't going in. And that's, that's jazz fans just need to get ready for those kinds of showings because their percentages just say it's going to happen. You know, well, even, even though you have nights when it is going in. And, and then you look great. Let's uh, let's get to Hans and Scotty. Uh, we're on a bit of a time crunch because we're going to bring you uh, Coach Quinn Snyder's pregame availability today, which uh, starts at four twenty-five. So let's get to this clip. Here's Hans and Scotty reacting to the Zach Wilson uh, stuff over the weekend. I've never heard of Walter Football. Have you? WalterFootball.com? No. I've never heard of it. Don't know much I, about it. And, I did see it on the tweet, but I'd never heard of it. Um, followed up with a team source uh, that talked about Zach Wilson. And quoted an NFC scout, a scout from an NFC team. In fact, they said it was a director of college scouting from an NFC team who uh, apparently is in the market for a new quarterback. And then he gave his breakdown and his concerns with Zach Wilson. And here's the quote. Johnny Manziel comp without the drugs. Wilson is fun to watch, but he is a one-year flash in the pan. He's a backyard baller who is fun to watch. Someone will grab him in the first round. I doubt he gets the second round because once the third quarterback goes, after Lawrence and Fields, there'll be a run on them. Wilson has character concerns. Rich kid who's an entitled brat. Uncle owns JetBlue. Parents are a pain. Not a leader. Selfish. And he's a know-it-all. Ooh, ooh. His positives Jeez. are that he's super competitive, not not too scared, and won't back down. Extremely confident, very smart with keen recall, and teammates will play for him. Jeez, I, I will. I would tell you, uh, I I got my hand on some of the the scouting that was done on me, and these scouting profiles can be just brutal. Yeah. 
horrifyingly brutal at times. Mean, nasty, sometimes personal. Sometimes right after the person. So what I would tell people is take this with a grain of salt. Take it with a grain of salt. Probably did come from somebody that felt like they had insight somewhere. Maybe was talking to somebody. Maybe from Zach Wilson's old high school. Doesn't I, I don't know where exactly this would come from. But these things get really personal. Now, obviously, everybody's come in the defense of Zach Wilson, and, and I don't even need to because I've been in defense of Zach Wilson since the day he arrived at BYU. I know this kid. I know his character. And I know his family. And I know his family well. And they're anything but a distraction or a problem. They are a, a true help. Zach is largely who he is because of his dad. I'll be right up frank and honest with that. He's largely who he is because of his dad. His dad is an incredible person. Um, his dad is somebody I've liked all the way back to when I was playing in college. I've, I've known Big Mike for years. Years and years. And uh, back even when I knew them, he was married at the time to his lovely wife and I've known her for years and years. These are good people, good hearts. Yeah, they care about their kids. As far as Zach being a, a brat, I don't think he's a brat. I think he's, <clears throat> I think he's a true, true blood competitor. Sometimes when you're a true competitor, you maybe you're perceived that way. But I don't know how bad of a thing it is if you called a guy like, if you call a guy like Patrick Mahomes a brat. Or arrogant. Well, he's that way because that's who he is. That that's his persona. That's the way he plays. It's the way he carries himself. Uh, it seems like when you say a guy is not a leader, and then in the next sentence say teammates will play for him, I just assume teammates will play for him because he's a leader. It's very contradicting, isn't it? Yeah. All right, that was Hanson Scotty talking about Zach Wilson and uh, what was written about him or said, I suppose, by an NFL source over the weekend. I thought Hanson's uh, perception was interesting there that, hey, you know, these scouts say a lot of things and they go through a lot to, to try and determine who's good and who's not, and they have to put their reputations on the line. But why does it need to get out there? You know, what's the point in leaking it? And I, I agree with that perspective. What, what would somebody gain by putting that out there into the universe? Yeah, I don't know, unless they did say that this is someone who works for a team that's looking for a quarterback, and he may be trying to devalue uh, a prospect that he himself might be interested in. Uh, I don't know if that's what's going on here. But I, I'm glad Scotty said what he said at the end there, because that's the reaction I had when I heard that, was, wait a second, how can a guy be not be a leader, and then you say your teammates will play for you? That's what a leader creates. Um, if, if you can think of somebody who might have something negative to say about Zach Wilson, who, would, who might be on that list, Jake? Um, How about somebody he may have replaced as the starter at BYU? Would that be a candidate? Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Somebody we have on the show from time to time? I asked Tanner Mangum when he heard about that. I said, is there any truth to that at all? 
And he said, is that cocky? Yeah, he might be cocky. But he said, you have to be. You have to be. I said, what about this other stuff about being entitled and a brat and a, a leadership? He just said it's not true. Not true. So <laughs> uh, there's one thing Tanner Mangum is. There's a lot of things he is, but one of them is very honest. And he would not be sugarcoating anything uh, for any reason, I don't think. And he says that that's not an accurate pers- uh, portrayal of Zach Wilson. So I don't, I, I I'm not, I'll, uh, I'll take his word for it. I'm not uh, disagreeing with you uh, in any way, shape, or form, however, to say that he does lay it on a little thick when he's talking about his in-laws. <laughs> Not true. Well, I mean, Mangum, not Chris, Wilson, I mean yeah. he's he's very honest. Yeah, I agree with you. But you know, sometimes when he's talking about his in laws, he 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 may you know kind of. He just... says some things about his father in law that I'm like, <laughs> that can't possibly be true. Yeah. Uh, you know, I thought he shown great restraint <laughs> in that regard when you have asked for him to be complimentary about me. You should see the text he sends to me off air. Yeah, he said he <laughs> he says he he loves the green beans uh, casserole on the air, but. We know how he really A poop feels. emoji. Yeah, off we, her, yeah huh? right. No, we know how really I asked. Uh, I asked Tanner straight up. I said, what about this? And he said, not true. So I'll go with that. And, uh, you know, because Tanner, it'd be easy for Tanner to rip rip the guy who replaced him. And he said, it's not true. He's a, he's a great football player and he's a good leader. And he's uh, talented. And uh, character issues didn't seem to be a problem in Tanner's mind. At all. On the other hand, when he talks about his mother-in-law, I believe every word. Yeah, it's, it's does, the father-in-law. He has right? good reason. Yeah, he has good, good, good reason to talk well of my wife, who happens to be one of the the great women uh, on planet Earth, as are your wives. But uh, certainly, uh, Lisa fits into that category. So I don't have any problem with him being more complimentary of her than me. I was joking. Oh. Well, it's true. He loves you equally. Don't think so. Stay tuned. <laughs> Quinn Snyder is free game availability is coming up next. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 Zone. I hate you. I hate you. I don't even know you, and I hate your guts. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to hear from uh, Quinn Snyder, his pregame media availability as soon as it begins. Uh, we're still in waiting mode. Quick tease, you're going to hear a question likely from David James. How is DJ looking, Austin? Uh, the camera's off, the mic's off. Oh, really? As is our mic and our camera, to be fair. But. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, he's a TV guy, doesn't he? They do require you turn on your camera when you ask the question, though. So okay. I'll take a screenshot and tweet it out. 
Why do they? Why do they require you turn on your camera to ask a question? I assume so that they can uh, make sure the right person goes on the grudge list if they ask a bad question. Because <laughs> that's why I require the camera. On. Oh, is it? Is so you you put a face with so the that grudge? I don't have a mistaken identity on my grudge list. Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, we all know what David James sounds like, though. <laughs> that's true. I mean, he's a he's a radio superstar. He's probably the one guy on st- on the staff that if any of our listeners had to draw a sketch of for a police artist, they would get right. They'd nail it right on the money with David James. PK, if he'd be in some kind of weird outfit if they sketched it because the only time you see him on TV is when he's hamming it up. When he's trolling somebody. Yeah. <laughs> when he's trolling somebody with his wardrobe. In some yeah. way, shape, or form. Yeah, our listeners have seen D- DJ a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, David James is on the Zoom call. Anyone else we want to make famous? No. Okay. So we'll hear from Quinn Snyder coming up here momentarily as the Jazz get ready to take on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Gordon, you posed me a question off the air. Let's let's throw it out here on the air, and we can kind of have an ongoing discussion as we we tread water here. But uh, hit me with that question. Essentially, you know, okay, just rip off real quick the names of some really great, promising young players in the NBA. C.J. Miles. (laughs) I should know better. Uh, No, where do you want to draw? Where do you want to drive the line? Okay, Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic. Um, Where else do you want to go with Trey Young? Trey Young, great. Uh, John Morant, Zion Williamson, Donovan, Donovan Mitchell. Sure. Okay, so should a, certain, should, a, should a certain Canadian basketball player with the initials SGA be included in that group? Can we, can we not say Sarah his name? Sarah Michelle Geller? <laughs> why, why not? Well, I, didn't want to, I didn't want to give it away. Give what away? The man's name? Yeah. The, you you don't want, want to identify to who, for our listeners who we're talking about? Stephen G. No, Anderson. I, no, no, I want. I wanted to see if people could guess who it was we were talking about. <sighs> Why? Because I was asking that as a question. I, I was trying to make it mysterious. So, anyway, my question, is it valid? Shea Gilgis-Alexander, is he a guy who belongs in that group? Who? <laughs> Oh, SGA. Yes. Oh, SGA. That's SGA. who you're talking about. That's what, oh, that's, yeah, that's, I, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Totally. That's what the kids are calling them these days. SGA. Really? It's, it's no, like they're when not. Devin Booker wants to be called D-Book. D-Book, please. I don't like the name Devin. <laughs> SGA. I've, I've, I, wanted I've seen, I wanted to make it mysterious. I uh, have seen him. I have seen him referred to as that on more than one occasion. I'm calling you GM from now on. <laughs> Is he? Well, how about it's the big show with General Motors and Jake Scott? (laughs) (laughs) That's a mystery. (laughs) It's a mystery of who we're referring to. But yeah, a little bit of a trick. Uh, I would put him in that conversation with those players, yes. I think a lot of SGA. (laughs) Sorry. He's no FDR. Obviously. Obviously, DJ and PK have been going by those initials for a long time. Can we start going by GM and JS? I think uh, uh, <laughs> SGA is to basketball what RFK was to politics. <laughs> what? I don't know. I just wanted to use somebody else to <laughs> noted for their initials. Um, and no. Trey Young is the JFK? Is that what we're uh, Yeah, sure. 
Um, I don't know. That's if not a, what you can do for your team, but what your team can do for you. I think there are players in that nice. group that you just very nice. Uh, you just mentioned that I would take before Shea Gil- Gilgis Alexander, SGA, if you will. Uh, but I put him in that group. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. He he doesn't get the same mention, but I I think he's on such a trajectory that he is going to be. By the end of this season, he'll be in that group. He's so he's not there yet. I don't know if I don't know if I put him there right this second, but I, uh, you know whether it's now or whether it's sometime during this season, what difference does it make? I think he's got that kind of talent. I agree. Uh, I, I agree. Um, and now, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, other players on this team like uh, you know, GH and uh, MM. <laughs> M&M. Um, uh, TM uh, is, is, is a player, I think. And I think. You know, here I ask a serious question. And you guys got to goof it up, don't you? We got to goof it up. Why did you? You got to goof it up. Why make such a big deal? Because that's what the kids are calling him no, now. it's not. And you, you, sir, are no kid. I am not either. Uh, looking, uh, looking at his line, uh, Gordon, uh, from last year. He's, he played in 70 games, averaged 19 points, 5.2 re, uh, let's see, no, 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 5.9 rebounds, 3.3 assists. Um, without uh, Chris Paul sucking up every shot on the court, I think you know you should see that go up by four or five points. I, I, yeah. I can see why Oklahoma City uh, is excited about him, and I think they'll build around him. But with all those assets, he might not be their best player in three years. Maybe, you know, that's that's a possibility depending on what they do. But I put him in that group with those young players. I can I can see why Oklahoma City uh, is is picking him as somebody. I mean, you know, I made a joke about Chris Paul, and he was on the team last year, and so was Stephen Adams, of course. But they they went to the playoffs. He's a big time contributor to a, a playoff team that I would not have picked to be a playoff team. Yeah, this does remind me though we've had a lot of uh, social media requests for Gordon's nickname segment that we haven't done. Oh, yet. have we? Yeah. We we've got some new faces. The, where you go down the the jazz roster, Gordon, and uh, assign nicknames to the new guys. All right, let's do it tomorrow. Can't do it now. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we do it no, on? I want to. I want to. I want to give it a little bit. No, let's not do it now. Let's do it Friday. Friday. <laughs> why Friday? Let's, let's, Wait, let's... we're not on the air on Friday. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, I, I sold that one away. Let's plan on Friday. I'll I'll pencil Jake, it in. Jake, what? The people are requesting it. All you, two you're of a them. Of the people, right? Oh well, you're the one that brought it up, not me. I know there were two requests. And no, I, I'm not a man of the people. I've never claimed that. <laughs> Why wouldn't you be a man of the people? Yes, you are. Because I'm uh, well, I'm not of the people. I, I'm not swayed by public opinion. My opinions are my own. I'm a very unique person. I well, don't. Uh, I don't lonely. pretend you're... to represent anyone. In fact, hey, I'm Jake Scott, and I'm the newest Wahoo. Oh, lame, lame. <laughs> Come to think of it, Austin, yeah, Jake's right. He he really doesn't have very much in common with people in general, does he? Yeah, he's, what he said. He's a unique person. You can say that again. Yeah, right. I'm nuts. I don't represent anybody. I mean, how many people are driving around? You say unique, I say chemically imbalanced. Right, exactly. How many people are driving around town right now being like, this guy is a buffoon? (laughs) Lots. 
lots. That JS. That JS. He's full of BS. QS is uh, scheduled to uh, do his uh, pregame media availability at any moment. ASAP. DJ will be on that call. We know that. <laughs> we still have to play that segment. Currently, uh, QS is MIA. I see. ASAP will have him on <laughs> TBS. We need to do uh, still do that segment, uh, GM's Grunts. Remember when ah, we were going to yes. do that? <laughs> the the definition of what each grunt means? Well, we just remember we were going to read him some outlandish sentence and see what grunt followed? Yes. Yeah. You, uh, can you do that now, Gordon? I'm sorry, G. G. Can you give us a <laughs> can you give us a reaction to that idea via grunt? I had a girlfriend once who used to call me G. Hmm. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Those are more torts than grunts. I don't... <laughs> it's like a rhinoceros waking up from a nap. <laughs> Because <laughs> that's what yeah. we've been getting. <laughs> that sounds like being a late lunch, man. That's mm. what we've been getting. See, we've been getting a lot of that. A lot of that. <laughs> the nose exhale at the end of that. Mm. <laughs> like I, you're shushing someone with your nose. You know, it's it's like, hey, I I think Zach Wilson's a pretty good leader. What are your thoughts there, Gordon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, let's see, if I'm doing a mmm, then that means that there's some meaning behind it, you know, that's got some heft to it. Although this year's worst grunt reply doesn't belong to Gordon. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. I yeah, that's that. you, Jake. That is me. JS. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, coach. That's a JS uh, uh, grunt right there. <laughs> yeah, this sure has was. been one of our, our better treading water <laughs> moments, actually. <laughs> that was really a productive segment, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it's still going. Uh, we're, we're, we were hoping to hear from Coach Snyder at 425. It is now 435, and uh, well, we're we still were hoping to, to hear from the, Coach. We're, we're just trying to get the people to LOL. You think it's what's uh, your favorite? What's your favorite uh, acronym or abbreviation? STFU. <laughs> uh, I'm going with ATF. Uh, oh, coach is sitting down. Uh, QS Thank goodness. Ab- about to begin his uh, media availability. Here we go. Turn your video on, please, if you're asking a question to coach. Uh, first up will be David James, KUTV. Coach, uh, when you play, there's a certain offensive structure we're all used to. And when Jordan Clarkson comes in, that that changes. And it's, it's really evident watching the team. And I'm wondering what you like and what you really appreciate about those contrasting styles. Because you play them a lot, obviously you do. Yeah, I think, you know, because JC has the ability to, to get to the rim, um, you know, spacing is essential and, and really – I think that's true, you know, for our team consistently. Um, one of the things that he's been, 
you know, really aggressive. It's just on his catch and shoot threes uh, or even threes off the dribble. And I think, you know, for our whole team, if we're willing to take those shots and obviously we want them to be good shots too, um, that sets up some of the things he drives, other things he does. And when he does drive the ball, you know, I think the thing, David, that you're, you're looking at um, is his ability to get in the lane um, and put more pressure on the defense with fakes and pivots. Um, and he's strong, you know, he's able to cross over and, and create shots for himself, even when he's picked up his dribble. So uh, at, at times um, we, we like his ability to create. And I think he's finding a good balance of that, um, you know, and, and not, we have, I, I told him, I love it if he crosses over and he can cross over again, but by the third time, he's got to figure out how to make a play. All right. Next up, Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Hey, Quinn, I was just wondering sort of what the differences are like entering an arena since last, since last March when everything shut down, what it's like coming into an arena um, and sort of the protocols that are different these days. Well, first, you know, I think it's great that we can, that I can ask this question or you can ask the question and I can try to answer it because it means we're playing and, you know, there are so many people right now that aren't working. So um, take that with a grain of salt when I say that, you know, there, there's a lot more, the protocols are much more stringent, much more detailed now than they were in the bubble. There's, there's so many different things because you're exposed to so many different situations. So, you know, everything from, you know, the point of care testing where, you know, players are waiting um, you know, to get test results before you can go shoot around or go practice. Um, you know, when you get in the arena, one of the biggest things is you can't eat in the locker room. So guys that are used to eating before the games, they, they go somewhere and eat. And I think all these things are going to become normalized um, over the course of the season. But as you said, there, there are differences. Obviously, you know, the fans, is, it's probably the biggest one that, that we notice. Um, you know, in our case, obviously, we've got some fans there which is great. Um, but regardless, you're not playing against, you know, a packed house, so to speak on the road or at home. But as far as the, the players adapting, um, you know, there's, there's so many things that, that we're doing and the more moving parts there are, there's just, there's things that can happen, and, you know, not necessarily even mistakes, you know, sometimes doing your testing and you know, the, the test can take a little longer to get to the, to the airport to fly to get processed. And, um, you know, I think our guys, particularly with the food and their preparation, you know, for the games, whether it be you're limited with your ability to have walkthroughs, um, your walkthrough might have to happen later in the day and then you're pushed up against time. And, you know, guys usually like to get off their feet before the game and you may not have as much time to do that. So there's lots of choices that need to be made regarding the best use of your time under the circumstances. Uh, next up, Jeff Rainier, Fox 13. Yeah, Coach, I just wanted to ask you just your thoughts about returning to Oklahoma City in that arena after for the first time since that night in March. Well, when I walked in the hotel, I tried to remember what it felt like when we were playing here in the playoffs as opposed to when we were playing here last spring. Um, it, it's, you know, you can't help but, but remember that evening. Um, you know, it was significant. 
for both teams, really for the league. Um, but you're also, you know, the, the contrast between that point and where we are now, you know, the season, the hiatus, the bubble, coming back and playing again, it, it seems like a lifetime um, since that happened. You know, at the same time, you know, the locker rooms are a little different because I think people are adjusting um, to a lot of the protocols. But, you know, I walk in my office and I remember spending a little time in there um, while we were waiting to get things figured out. Um, it hasn't been a big topic of conversation with our team. I think guys have, have moved forward because there's been so many things that have happened, um, you know, whether it be players um, contracting the, the virus, um, coaches contracting the virus. You see it throughout the, you know, the sporting world of football and baseball. So you're kind of, I won't say you're numb to it, but those, that circumstance, I think, um, is a little more diluted. Um, but as you said, when you walk in the hotel, you walk in the arena, uh, you can't help but, you know, have some of those, those memories and those, those visuals. All right. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hugh, you kind of uh, made reference to this earlier, and, and we didn't really get a chance to ask you after, after the home game on Saturday night, but uh, there were roughly 1,600 fans in the building, which obviously is a lot fewer than there normally are, but also a lot more than what you're going to be seeing in most of the buildings that you play in at this point of the year. Just wondering what the experience was like of, of having you know, 1,600 fans back there and, and making that part of the experience again? Well, I think it speaks to our organization and, you know, the detail and the care that they've taken to make the arena safe. And, you know, you can see all the details that have gone into that. Um, and, and, you know, we always appreciate support. And so whether it's 1600 fans or, or more or less uh, people cheering at home on TV um, you know, that's jazz fans, you know, are some of the most supportive fans in, in the league. Um, the, the really, a lot of the attention that's gone to things like crowd noise or through the PA or some of the signage, I think once the guys get playing, um, you know, some of that, some of that, you, you just lose your awareness of that because you're so focused on the game. Um, but it, it's, you know, I think it's a it's a taste of hopefully what's to come, you know, when we get through, um, you know, the future months and, and hopefully come out of this this situation and can get back to basketball as usual. You know, regardless, I don't think any of us know when that's going to come. Um, but until then, I think we appreciate, you know, everything that's gone on and every opportunity we have. All right. Uh, Jenny Carlson, the Oklahoman. Hey, Quinn, you referenced um, being in that locker room a little longer than normal last time you guys were here. I'm just curious, you know, what goes through your head when you walk back in there tonight? Um, what memories come to mind for you uh, as you're in that space again? Well, like you said, some of them, you know, what, what may feel distant, you have a, you know, I won't call it PTSD because it's not that extreme, but Certainly there's, as you said, there's memories. Um, I, I think the, the biggest one it really is just the, the fact that we went through it together. You know, the, it was a very unique situation and I think unique for our team um, in a different way than, than others because of the circumstances. And um, we, as I said, we spent a lot of time in there and, you know, we're testing in here. We're looking for a place to go. 
Um, and there were a lot of people, you know, that, that worked on our behalf to help us as a group get through that night. And those were people from, you know, Oklahoma city and the state of Oklahoma and, and the support that we got there. Those were people from the league, you know, and, and most importantly and most significant, the, the people, you know, back home in Utah that, that worked to, to get us through that. So, um, nobody's feeling sorry for themselves in that, you know, you look back, there's so many more challenging things that have happened since then. Um, but it certainly is an evening that, you know, it, you remember for a long time. And some of those memories again, pop up when you come here tonight, I think some of them will fall off when we start playing tonight. All right. Uh, Royce Young, ESPN. Hey Quinn, one more about that night. Cause I was just actually watching Rudy warm up here. And I, and I wonder about if you've had any conversations with him or if you can kind of been able to gauge maybe his emotions of actually getting to come to this arena tonight and play against the Thunder. Yeah, you know, I think I think Rudy's, Rudy's worked through all that, you know. I mean, to be honest, Rudy was vilified. And in hindsight, you know, I think we have a greater understanding, um, you know, of, of the virus, you know. And I think Rudy recognizes fully, I say that, you know, that, that there were some mistakes that, that were made, but those mistakes have been made over and over again um, by different people, all of us, you know, and, and that's kind of the educational process that's accompanied the spread of this virus. So, um, you know, the, the most challenging thing for Rudy was after he caught the virus when we were at home, he was really sick for two weeks. You know, he had, he had all the symptoms that you, you read about. You know, whether, and again, you know, I think his mind was feeling, you know, he was feeling more remorseful about what had happened than he was how he was feeling. So um, I think our teams come to understand that even more and even, you know, more deeply as has, you know, the rest of the country. But in that moment, you know, it was such a significant thing. Um, and I think in Rudy's case, he's had a chance to process it and, you know, we always challenge ourselves when you have adversity for it to make you better. And, you know, I think Rudy's come out of this um, in a place where, you know, there's, there's growth that's occurred. And I, I, not just Rudy, I think for all of us, you know, what we've been through, and I say us, teams, people, all through, um, all the challenges, hopefully we come out of these things. And I think all of us have such a, so much greater appreciation for what we consider to be normal life. All right, and we have one last question. This is from Ben Anderson, kslsports.com. Thank you. Quinn, is there an ideal balance for Boyan when it comes to attacking the rim or posting up versus shooting threes? He had kind of a rough night the other night. Is that predetermined? Is it all matchup? Is it possession to possession? Um, you know, usually his shooting kind of sets up other portions of his game. And when I say that, because he's such a good shooter, people have to play him a certain way and then drives – you know, open up to him. The post up stuff is probably more matchup related. Um, he'll step into the post and transition. You know, we'll run some plays for him on the post. Um, so I, I think really it's the versatility that he has, being able to score in the ways that you just mentioned. Um, and then in a given game or throughout the course of a game, depending on matchups and depending on how he's being guarded, you know, it's for him to, for, for him and myself and his teammates to figure out, you know, where can he be most efficient? Um, 
you know, in this instance, if you've got a hitter that doesn't hit a curveball, you throw a curveball. And Boyan can throw a curveball. He's got a fastball. He's got a changeup. Makes him hard to guard. All right, there's Quinn Snyder's pregame availability, getting ready for the Oklahoma City Thunder. We'll get Gordon's thoughts on that coming up right around the corner. We'll transition into pregame. Coming up at 5, it's Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time to get a winner for the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Be color 12 right now at 855-340-ZONE. Correctly identify the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Announced by David and Pat this morning at 8.50. And you win a zone prize pack. It's the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Brought to you by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All right, it's time for the Not Sports Report. Brought to you by uh, uh, our friends at the LHM Used Cars Supermarket. Uh, over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online. LHMUsedCars.com. We've got pregame coming up at 5. But until then, uh, Gordon, where are we going today? Well, i got two items real quick for the Not Sports Report. The first one is in Thailand. And I I wanted to get your reaction to this. Apparently, a baby elephant was crossing a road. I guess this just happens in Thailand. They have, uh, like, pachyderms just walking all over the place. And this little baby uh, elephant was crossing a road and a motorcyclist hit the baby elephant and flew off his motorcycle. And so these rescue crews showed up and two of the attendants went to the man to help him. And another attendant uh, rescue worker went to the elephant and performed CPR uh, on the elephant and saved the elephant's life. Uh, Both the human and the elephant are doing reportedly quite well now. But, man, if you saw something like that, would you know how to perform CPR on a freaking elephant? No, and neither did this guy. You can't tell me that the CPR saved the elephant? Come on. He said... (laughs) Apparently, he reviewed a video... Uh, r- quickly, maybe on his phone, and saw where the where the baby elephant's heart was, and then started pumping away. You're not, you're not believing it? No. It says right here in the report. I think the elephant would have pulled through probably one way or another. <laughs> Imagine pulling up on the scene and looking at some bozo trying to give CPR to, to an elephant. Clear the airway. <laughs> I'm gonna give mouth to mouth, <laughs> and then and then there's this just a little. I thought this was interesting from a standpoint of maybe it's a little bit of advice that a lot of people could use. A man in Ireland who is 70 years old, uh, in the in the face of COVID, has uh, stayed at home uh, in his. I guess there's a rule in Ireland that you're not supposed to leave more than like five miles away from your home as far as travel goes and whatnot. So he started walking just around his neighborhood, around his block, and he just passed uh, the length, the circumference of the the earth. 
yeah, without ever leaving his hometown. Wow. 54.6 million steps he's taken. Did he's bur- he's he would bur- have to never one- have slipped. That's no, not mathematically is, this, correct. This, no, no, this is over over like a three or four year period. Well, then how does, that, how does that have anything to do with the coronavirus then? Because now he's urging people to get out and walk during the pandemic. So he, he just re- wasn't walking far from his house uh, before just for fun? He was he was walking around the area around his his city. He wasn't like walking from town to town. He was just walking around, and he's continued to do so during the pandemic, burning 1.5 million calories in 1,500 days. But this story actually has nothing to do with the pandemic. Well, but he's saying now that he's done. He's continued it through the pandemic. But he started it three helpful. years ago. I know. I know. And that's just an additional bonus to his endeavor and now he's encouraging people to do it and he said he didn't set out to 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 walk the distance around the earth uh but he just kept on walking and uh that's that's the let's see it was uh the the exact uh what did i say how many four let's see forty thousand seventy five kilometers over the past four years without ever leaving his hometown no, I walked around my extolling. town because of the pandemic. Uh, I, I couldn't go far from my house. Oh, when did you no, start he, this? He was seven years old. Three he years ago, walking, he started. He started walking around around his neighborhood and around the city uh, four years ago. And then, as the pandemic set in, he's extolling benefits of walking at such a stressful time. So I thought that was a nice message for people that it has helped him. Uh, stay healthy and stay uh, emotionally and mentally fit. Get out there and walk, people. Gordon, you have 8,322 a... hours of walking. Gordon, you have yourself a wonderful evening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Uh, will do. It's the big show. Pre-game next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I knew that was about the end of it. So long, farewell, I'll be the same tonight. I hate goodbyes. This thing! 